This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Ryan, I've been told that minimalism is the fountain of youth. Mm, Look at me. How so? I mean, I could go buy NyQuil right now, and they'd have to card me. (laughs) And yet... Today is my 40th birthday, but this episode is not about me. Today, we're going to celebrate with a podcast episode about birthday gifts. We're going to talk about gift getting, gift giving, and birthday celebrations for adults and kids alike. I thought I would have my two favorite people in the world on the podcast. Ryan is here, but Bex is here as well. We've got a lot to talk about today. Before we do... I am going to ask you for a birthday gift. <laughs> I, Whatever you want. You want another tie clip? <laughs> That'd be nice. Thank you. Maybe some cufflinks for the shirt. Ooh, do you want some plaid boxers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I want the most thoughtless gift you can think of. <laughs> like on your way to the store. I remember once I forgot to get my mom a Christmas gift. Oh. And I was like driving over to her house and I'm like, oh no, the only place that's open right now is the stop and go in Lebanon, Ohio. And uh, so I was driving over to her and I'm like, there was, I don't know, what did I get her? I don't even know what I got. Probably something (laughs) absurd like that. A pack of Philly's Blunt cigars. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I do want a birthday (sighs) gift from you. I only ask for this once a year. Most podcasts ask for this every single episode, twice an episode. If you get a chance, go on to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this episode for my birthday. Mm-hmm. If you appreciate the podcast, if you find value in it, go ahead and leave a rating over there. It's just applepodcast.com slash The Minimalist. Even if you listen on a different app, if you listen on Spotify or Overcast or Google Podcast or whatever, go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like to celebrate my birthday with me. I thought we would start with a metaphor. I sent you both a picture, and Jordan, I sent this to you as well. If you could put this on the YouTube video. If you're watching this on YouTube, theminimalists.com slash YouTube or youtube.com slash theminimalists, either one of them will take you there. (laughs) There is a picture I saw of a Lamborghini. (laughs) And that's really what you want for your birthday, isn't it? (laughs) Well, at one point, maybe when I was six. Yeah, dude, I, I used to have the Trapper Keeper with the freaking lamborghini on the front of it and you wouldn't even know what to do with the lamborghini when you got it no right and and yet this picture i i sent to you it was a lamborghini you'll see it here on the screen on youtube it's just covered in dust yeah it was in a barn yeah looked like it was a barn in the midwest it's covered with dust yeah yeah it reminded me of there's pictures of like abandoned sports cars in dubai so like people go to dubai they'll buy a Lamborghini, they'll buy, you know, Maserati, whatever it is. And like in the airport parking lot, there's just like all these sports cars covered in dust Mm -hmm. because they buy the car, they drive it, you know, they have their trip, drive it to the airport, get on their plane and they never see it again. They just abandon it. They just abandon it. But isn't that the metaphor for a lot of gifts? Since today we're talking about gifts, Mm, birthday gifts in particular, Quite often, we feel obligated to give someone something, mm-hmm. and then even though, even if we thought we really wanted something, the Lamborghini, right? It's there collecting dust after a month, a year, whatever, mm-hmm. and and the object of our desire quickly becomes forgotten about, or becomes this object of never-ending maintenance, mm. and so whenever we we give something to someone, we're also giving them the burdens of that thing yeah yeah it's uh it's crazy man like the the thought of having a lamborghini like even as one of the minimalists like it sounds cool you know like it's not my object day like uh-huh. you know tesla is more like my object day uh-huh. but i also understand like yeah getting that um 
well, now you don't have that, that anticipation anymore. So you quickly just kind of lose interest when you get it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So during the minimal episode today, we're going to talk about birthday gifts. On the maximal, we're going to talk about a bunch of alternatives to birthday gifts. Answer some more questions over there. Patreon.com slash The Minimalist. Every Thursday, we do a private podcast episode with our guests. Much longer, deeper dive into something that we're talking about. Completely separate episode, by the way. Before we get into that, you can see if you are watching this on YouTube, we have this gift wrap paper behind us. Yes, and I have a different color. Yes. Something that matches my olive skin more. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I think they're calling that evergreen. <laughs> and and so we are in the studio space. I'm going to give you a full update on the Maximal episode of exactly what we're doing here, what we have coming in, in the coming weeks and months. We're working with a very talented set designer. Her name is Beulah. And it's going to be stunning in here. In the meantime, we've gift wrapped the space. Yes. And we're going to be unveiling that, unwrapping the gift for you slowly. It's our present from us to you. It's really a present from our patrons. So if you are a supporter mm -hmm. of the podcast, not only do you get all the stuff that we create on the back end, on the private podcast, but you are creating this for our patrons mm -hmm. or for our listeners as well. Yeah. Thank let's, you, patrons. Yes, indeed. Let's dive into some of these questions we have let's here. Let's do it. Asha from Facebook has a question for us, Ryan. Instead of spending lots of money and giving expensive gifts, what are some meaningful ways to celebrate birthdays? Well, it, I, you know, I think that depends on the person, sure. right? And so I think we want a blanket, one size fits all. Here's the meaningful way to celebrate here's, a birthday. Yeah, here's the... List of 10 appropriate gifts that you can give someone. Right. <laughs> now, Bex and I, we have a daughter. Ella just turned eight last month. And so her birthday celebration is going to look a little different from my birthday celebration for mm -hmm. my 40th birthday, right? Yes. And, well, how do you know that? Well, you can either say, well, everyone should celebrate the same way. Here is the sort of cookie cutter model. Or you simply ask the person, what is the most meaningful way for you to celebrate? Because if you are expecting some sort of gift, who am I to say that you shouldn't get a gift? Now, it's not my obligation. I'm not obligated to, to give you a gift. And with Ella, we had a party at the park. Mm -hmm. And she had uh, a bunch of friends come over. And of course, the invitation encouraged people to not bring gifts. And oh, that so works 100% of the time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you just say no gifts, then, <laughs> then, then people listen and they respect your, your boundaries and your requests. Immediately. It, right. it worked 0%, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Every <sighs> child brought some type of, of gift. Yeah, although, why do you think that is? Although I do think that the encouragement to like, you know, not bring them or like, hey, it's okay to not bring them. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that helped people like bring it down a few levels and right and make it a little bit more like casual so it could have been worse is what you're saying <laughs> it could have been more intense yeah okay. she could yeah. have gotten a dusty lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we had all these kids come out and the funny thing is there was sort of this gift opening cel celebration moment where ella's tearing into the gifts all the kids are really excited about it yeah, in it the cute. moment it was cute yeah. it was it was very cute but very quickly the gifts were thrown to the side in the grass yeah except there was one gift they all played with it was a kite so there was someone brought a kite and mm. so they all got to play with the kite but they were all focused on everything else other than the gifts it really was you know, the cliche of of the experience of it all but it, it was actually all the kids playing around that they were sword fighting at one point i brought lord. real swords <laughs> <laughs> it was very lord of the flies for a while it, i mean yeah and one kid got hit by one of these little fake swords and he got mad and he picked up a shoe and started throwing shoes at other kids oh wow <laughs> it made sounds like an amazing party i know right <laughs> they it, had so much fun though they had a ton they had of fun so much fun i'll tell you one thing we did do we had a pinata Mm. Although uh, Ella knew a few days in advance, she found it in the closet, the pinata. And I was telling her that she's like, well, what's in it? I told her it was filled with raw broccoli. And <laughs> she was not happy about that. <laughs> but uh, the kids really enjoyed yeah, the pinata. They enjoyed the time together. Mm -hmm. They enjoyed because uh, we had these um, uh, club sodas, you know, the, the fizzy drinks. They're just wa fizzy water, basically. Yeah. And they really enjoyed those because they just took them out 
started shaking them and exploding them on each other. Oh, and they wow. thought that that was probably the best gift out of everything is they just, in, in fact, if a we... A case of LaCroix. Yeah, we should have done <laughs> uh, maybe 15, 20 cases of LaCroix yeah. and they were just spraying them all over each other. Oh, that's great. I, I think maybe next time awesome. for the ninth birthday, we just say uh, gifts are encouraged. One case of LaCroix. clear LaCroix, <laughs> a plain LaCroix. And they will, and make sure your kids bring their you know, swimsuits. Basically, yeah, I think it's I think it's crazy that like people you ask you ask them like to respect some boundaries. You set up you set up the boundaries, and then people are like, "Oh, that's a great idea," but I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yes, when it's when it's funny because it seems like a selfless act. Oh well, I'm oh you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deprive the child of a toy. Like I'm gonna go ahead and give that, but. You're not doing what the child wants. You're not doing what the parents want. You're just doing what you want to do. You're doing it for you. Yes. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is you think it's what you're supposed to do. It's what your society, your culture, your religion, your peer group has told you this is what I'm supposed to do. And the other part of it is, oh, you know what? Uh, I, I, what does this gift say about me? And so it's still about you. And, yes. and, and what does not getting a gift say about me? What, as, as though there is an implicit message. Yes, we said no gifts, mm-hmm. but we were just being coy. We actually want big gifts. Yeah. But no, that's not what we actually want. Well, and the other thing, too, is this, oh, it's my love language. Which, let's say in some hypothetical parallel universe, gift giving is a love language. You're, in, you're enforcing your love language onto someone else. You're not even considering what their love language is. Yeah, if Ryan shows up to the podcast or speaking Greek, right. I'm not going to understand him. Exactly. And here's what I'll say. Gift giving is not a love language. There's no such thing as a love language. It is a like language. Mm-hmm. And I th- we get really confused with love and like. You know, Bex and I do a podcast a couple times a month. It's called How to Love. And it's really not about how to. It's about understanding what love is. And what we're trying to do is explore this sort of deeper understanding of love. And and really, I, I was talking to her on the podcast the other day. I used to love what you would say to people when you first started dating. You would say, I'm in like with you. Mm. Because that's so much more honest. <laughs> yeah, right. And th- this Because yeah. really what we're saying, gift giving, I understand the four love language, five le- love languages, whatever, six, seven, eight love languages now, if you look at different blog posts online. And, and what people are really saying is, this is how I show affection. Mm-hmm. We mistake affection for love. Yeah. We mistake liking for love as well. And we mistake gift giving for contribution because that's really when someone says that their love language is gift giving they want to contribute to another person's life and let's say that person their gift uh their love language is also gift getting uh that again they want someone to contribute to their lives Mm -hmm. so uh giving a gift actually in a lot of ways like you said with the stop and go example gift giving is one of the most it can be one of the most thoughtless ways to contribute to someone else yeah, yeah. When you are just going to the mall shopping for inspiration. Oh, my God, man. And, I and do be, not miss that. And because you feel like you have to do it. Dude, I used to walk around the mall and, like, you know, I had a budget of, like, $15, $20 for friends and family. And I got a list of people I want to buy for. And, yeah, I'm walking around the mall like, okay, looking for inspiration. Something inspire me. Right. Something tell, you know, something jump out at me and say, hey, you should get this for your grandmother. Or you should get this for whatever. I mean, that's worked five percent of the time like i can only think of one gift where that's happened and my grandma still has it it's like the statue and it actually is a really beautiful thing mm-hmm. but man like that's such an exception that's not the rule and even then you'd be completely fine without it yeah and it doesn't make up for any sort of deficiencies in the relationship either and i think when we think of gift giving as a love language i'll often say that gift giving is no more of a love language than pig latin is a romance language mm-hmm. and and so if there's a deficiency in the relationship, we try to, the same way we try to fill the void in our sort of, you know, the, the, the God-shaped hole, as we discussed recently mm-hmm. on, on a former episode. We, we, <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> we, try to, we try to, you fill the void in, in us with stuff. We try to fill the void in our quote-unquote relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've been neglectful. I have been uncaring. I've been unkind. I've been resentful. Yeah, and you think you're going to make it up with a gift? Right. (laughs) All of a sudden, you get someone a gift, and now all those things go away? Right. No, Mm. what it does is it covers them up for a moment. It covers them up with excitement. Yes. 
but excitement it, doesn't fix anything. It's like it's like if you're putting a tarp over quicksand. Yeah. You're still going to sink into it. Mm. Now, for my birthday, a little bit different from Ella's, I'm not going to have a sword fight that I know of. I mean, let <laughs> Sean and Jordan come over and uh, bring real swords. But uh, if uh, I used to be back in my corporate days, I was I lived the life of an extrovert. And so on my birthday, I simply asked for one thing. Leave me the hell alone. <laughs> I would go to the movies by myself. I would turn my phone off and I would just spend time by myself because it was this this thirst that I had for solitude that mm. was never quenched in my daily life. Well, now, yeah. every day is a bit of a celebration. I get the joy of, we were filming some stuff for a new film project we we're working on this week, and I'm going to talk about the details on it on uh, the private podcast yeah. this week, but uh, I don't want to uh, let the cat out of the bag too soon publicly. Right. But we were filming that, and like it was truly joyous. And, and I remember in the moment, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like we don't have to wait for these moments. We get to enjoy this right now. I don't have to wait and look at the rear view and say, oh, that was great. Yeah. It was great right then in the moment. And, and I've noticed that I get enough solitude now. I spend most of my time alone. Mm. Thankfully, the people closest to me understand my need for that, mm. that I don't need to, well, on my birthday, leave me alone because the only time I get alone. No, my birthday for me is just like any other day. And turning 40 or 35 or 21 or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's another day. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's funny because I haven't really thought, because I turned 40 this year and I haven't really given it too much thought, but I've mentioned it a couple times and people are like, where are you going for your 40th birthday? I'm like, oh, do I need to go somewhere for my 40th birthday? Yeah. Is that what I'm supposed is to do? <laughs> right. Am I, I actually, coincidentally, I do have a trip kind of planned, uh, trying to plan a trip to Ireland towards the end of the year. So if someone asks me that, I'll just be like, or the last time someone asked me that, I'm like, well, I got a trip to Ireland planned like later this year, but just, it just kind of happens to coincide with my 40th birthday. Right. But you know, the fact is, is that, um, I am, uh, I, I am not going to admit 40. We are we are boycotting 40. I am at least. Okay. I'm either 39 or 41. So you're turning 41 this year. Interesting. <laughs> I'm turning I'm turning 39 for the second time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're just skipping 40 altogether. Uh, to, to round out this question about celebrations, ultimately it's about the person who is being celebrated and what would add value to their life. Because if... We said, well, you know, I really like to be left alone on my birthday. So, I, you know what we should do with Ella? We should just leave her alone on her birthday. <laughs> she, she would be really sad and upset yeah. by that. Yeah. So, so, I like this. So, really, like, the answer here is ask the person, you know, what they need or what they want. And if, and I've done this before, and they're like, oh, I don't really need anything. I'm like, great. That I don't have to get you anything. And would there be a meaningful way that we could celebrate this? If yeah. so, let me know. Right, absolutely. We have a question. Oh, by the way, before we get into the next question, Asha, let me send you a copy of our new book. It comes out in two weeks. It's called Love People, Use Things. It comes out on July 13th. You can pre-order it wherever you pre-order books. And um, there is, well, there are some rules for living with less in there. One of those rules is the minimalist gift-getting rule. Not the gift-giving rule, but the gift-getting rule. Mm. So you'll find that in Love People Use Things. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Amy in Australia has a question for us. We've spoken to our families about wanting their time and attention, not any gifts. When Jack spoke to his mum about this, she got really offended and refused to listen to the fact that we genuinely don't want any presents. We haven't told her that most of the gifts that she has given us over the last few years have actually been donated as they haven't been things that add value to our lives. This has included eight gluten-free cookbooks that she's given us over the last few years. Do we tell her that we end up donating the gifts that she gives us or do we accept that providing us with gifts seems to make her happy and so do we accept that? So it's funny because you actually don't have the power to make her happy. Yeah, or, or you don't have the power to make her understand either. Oh, yes. Mm. And that's where I think a lot of people get caught up. They're like, oh, well, they don't understand, so then I'm going to go ahead and bend to them. But it's like, it's not it's not your responsibility to make someone happy, and it's not your responsibility to make someone understand. Yeah. Bex, you, you deal with this quite a bit, especially with Ella. You know, certain family members will get gifts, and it's it feels like 
they're, it's intentional, but it's still out of a sense of obligation. So you still have, they're, they're doing something because they want to show that they care. They want to make you happy. They want to make Ella happy. And yet you've on multiple occasions said, hey, this isn't how we get value. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's important to to keep mentioning that, you know, your preferences that maybe give experiences or, you know, gift cards or things like that for consumables, even with kids. Like one of Ella's favorite gifts from her birthday a couple of weeks ago was like gift cards to the local ice cream place. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's like... Um, they don't, they don't, they can still, you know, give you things, or at least this is the, the stance that, that we have kind of taken with it is we still graciously accept gifts, mm -hmm. but we, we strongly prefer these sort of non-tangible experiential type things. Mm. Um, but also like for me, one thing that that's helped is like, is letting it go, to be honest. Like <laughs> we can say our preferences and we can we can try to communicate effectively with the people who are around us, whether they're family members or friends or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like if they're still giving you gifts, like it's kind of on them. Yeah. And I let it go. Like I just stop. I don't worry about it. You know, and so like, yeah, Ella got a dozen you know, small gifts at her birthday party because there were a dozen kids there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, some of them almost immediately went in the trash just because they broke or yeah. like they were kind of disposable gifts. Like yes. they were only really designed for like, um, one comes to mind, I have no idea what it's called, but it's like this little thing that like you wash underwater and it like emerge, like you wash off this paint and then it emerges as something else. Mm. Okay. Like, but the thing that emerges is like she's never gonna play with that yes right and so like the Ooh. whole thing i know the that's whole a, thing that's a great metaphor the whole thing was like just what you know the excitement of washing off yes. washing off the paint and see what comes out of it and then it's done cool yeah. but in a way they bought her that experience right. the thing that's left over now i also get the point of like but what about all this waste mm -hmm. and the problem is i can't control the waste of other people if sean in his time off like decides he wants to burn trash out in riverside county right there's nothing i can do about that right yeah. right? right and and it's not up to me to control him i think that's an incredibly stupid thing to do and thankfully i know sean well enough to know he would never do that yeah right but it that's a a parodic exaggeration an example of yes other people are doing things that damage the environment and you can ask them hey i don't want gifts but if they or you can say hey i don't want you to do the thing that damages the environment mm -hmm. that's not what i want i'm not telling you to do something different but that's not what i want i can acknowledge that and if you continue to do it it's no longer on me yes and as you said a year from now virtually none of those gifts will be in ella's life mm -hmm. even a day after m many of the gifts weren't in ella's life and that's okay because if you span out long enough by the time she's 18 certainly none of those gifts will be in her life Absolutely. right i have very few th i have i think one or two things from when i was 16 years old <laughs> my, my razor that i shave with is still the same razor i used when i was 16. <laughs> it's so crazy man. and uh, my my wallet not my wallet but my checkbook it's like this leather checkbook i got as a gift a birthday gift i still had the shaquille o'neal rookie card you gave me for my birth my birthday in the fifth grade really yes oh my god yeah it's That's like in my wild. i have a like one little bag of uh like photos and like just little childhood stuff uh-huh and it's totally in there man i looked that up the other day it's worth like 60 bucks man oh my god <laughs> fine i'll split it, it with up, you yeah what if it ends up being like millions of dollars <laughs> i mean it would never do that but anyway amy here oh go ahead bex oh i was just gonna say i, I want to add something too though like especially with family you mm -hmm. know where it's like a reoccurring gift giving situation especially with ella is ella you know she's yes she's our child but like she's her own separate person yes and so especially now that she's getting older 
I don't, I try really hard, we try really hard not to impose our values onto her. Mm -hmm. And so she does enjoy getting gifts. Mm -hmm. She thinks it's great. She doesn't see her family very often, her extended family. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way for them to connect. Mm -hmm. And so what I, the, the view that I've taken on that is like, you know, if they ask if they can give her a gift, I give them a few options mm -hmm. that, you know, that either Ella has asked for or that, you know, I know she will really enjoy and get value from. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're a little bit more expensive. And so my family members will pool together and, you know, contribute smaller amounts and, and get the bigger item for mm -hmm. her, mm -hmm. like roller skates, for example, or mm -hmm. something. Um, but yeah, that, that seems to work really well for our family. Yeah. And, and, and many of the gifts are useful gifts too. I, I've noticed with Ella, she is actually grateful to get clothes. A lot of kids, when you and I were kids and someone got us... Dude, socks and underwear was like the worst gift. Now I love socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't even wear underwear, so if you got me a gift... Minimalist. Yeah. No, so uh, the thing about that is it's understanding the preferences of the kid, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can get something that's incredibly useful for a kid, mm -hmm. and if you're doing that, then you're sort of checking a couple different boxes there because kids are always getting their clothes dirty, ruining clothes, growing out of clothes and shoes and, and other things. So the, the sort of useful side of gifts mm -hmm. as well. And then there are the things that are even physical gifts that can be experiential gifts. You know, something like the kite is a physical gift, mm -hmm. but it's not about the kite itself just sitting in, in your room. Sure, right. It's about flying the kite with her friends what enhances or amplifies your experience with the people you're spending your time with amen yeah. amy here's the thing the gifts that your mom gives you they are yours they're not hers they're not your sisters they're not your partners they're yours you can do whatever you want with them so uh yes if you want to donate those books then donate them now, are you going to go and tell your mom that you donated them? No, you're not going to just go, hey, mom, thanks for those books. I donated those, by the way. You put it up on Instagram stories, donating all these gifts uh, uh, my mom right. gave me Right, like you, you don't yeah. want to go out of your way to hurt her feelings, but you, know, you do want to be honest with her. If she asks you where those books are, then of course, you're going to be honest with her and you're going to express to her that, yeah, I had to donate those because I didn't have room for them. And here's the thing is like people buy gifts to make other people happy. And if the gift that someone has given you is a burden and it's and it is decreasing your happiness, then their their intention is actually the opposite is happening of their intention. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can express to your mother if it ever comes up that you donated them. Be like, hey mom, I know you want me to be happy. I know you want me to to live a meaningful life. So yes, I got rid of those books because that truly does make me happier to have less clutter. I appreciate the sentiment, but there, there wasn't room for them and I found them a better home. I've done this with, with grandparents. I've done this with parents where I'm like, hey, I know I've talked several times about the paperweight my grandma gave me because you know she um, uh, we write books so she just assumes i have like papers everywhere right yeah and, and i'm eventually like some of those papers make it into a book right, right? Exa exactly exactly and i was just like hey thanks for the paperweight i'm not gonna actually use this but it's a beautiful paperweight and i want to find it a really good home and she was like yeah if you could just find it a good home that would be great most of the gifts we get tend to be paperweights of some sort yeah and so your your grandma just bypassed the the metaphor and made it as literal as possible right <laughs> it was a beautiful paperweight but she was also a, a very understanding the last thing i'll add for amy before we wrap up this question is Yes, this might make your mom upset that you donate these gifts, and I'm sorry, but you don't actually have the power to make her upset. Amen. Let me illustrate that in a different way, an absurd way, to really show you that you don't have that power. It's only within her to determine whether or not she is upset. Let's say you wear a pair of green tennis shoes, mm. and anytime you wear a pair of green tennis shoes, that makes your mom furiously upset. Is that your problem, or is it her problem? Now, do you have to change your behavior? Do you have to change your preferences? Do you have to change your desires? Do you have to change your wants? Just because it makes your mom upset. Well, you're not doing anything to harm her directly. So you're not doing anything immoral to by, by getting rid of these gifts. Mm -hmm. You're simply getting rid of something that is in the way for you. Now, your mom doesn't want to give you something that is in the way, mm -hmm. obviously. She doesn't see it as being in the way. She has a difference of perspective, mm -hmm. but she doesn't get to determine what is in the way for you, what isn't in the way, what your preferences are, what you will find value in. Yeah. She can guess, she can try to help, but ultimately it's not up to her to make you happy. She wants you to be happy, but she can't make you 
happy and it's not up to you to keep her from being upset that doesn't mean be egregious be rude be mean obviously you can tell from amy's question when she called in that's not what she wants she wants to approach us in a loving way yeah you don't have to announce the getting rid of things but i would also encourage you to not be not to lie to her about it either right Mm -hmm. to continue to be truthful about your interaction it's possible to be truthful it's possible to be compassionate Mm -hmm while your mom's feelings are hurt. But the least compassionate thing you can do is make yourself miserable because your mom is making you feel guilty. Yes. Mm. Amy, let me send you a copy of our book, Essential. It's an essay collection with 12 different chapters, 12 areas of living with less. And one of those areas is minimalist gift giving. There's an entire chapter in our book, Essential. There's 150 essays in there uh, in the book. And then one of those chapters is about gift giving. So we have several essays in that book about gift giving. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. If you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of Essential. Or if you want the book book or the ebook, we'll send those to you as well. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 93. 93- Yes, indeed. Those texts literally go to both of our phones. So you can text us an emoji of the last thing you decluttered or maybe the gift that you got rid of most recently, or just tell us about an experience that you had. We do respond to people directly quite frequently. And uh, also we send you every Monday. We don't send you spam. We don't send you junk. We don't send you advertisements, but we do send you a Monday morning minimal maxim every week to start your week off with a little bit of simplicity. So you can just send us a text message. That'll get you on our text message list. You can join thousands of people who get our text messages. Now we have a question here from Nadine. Nadine. I like that name. How do my spouse and I address the societal expectations of others regarding our choice of participation in traditional gift-giving events, such as birthdays and Christmas? We try being creative and finding meaningful options, but in order to not become completely socially isolated, it just seems easier to comply and go with the flow, even when it goes against our views. Socially isolated. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and so... We've experienced this the last couple of years, right? The social distancing Mm -hmm. in a way that has been isolating. And and some people have had radically different responses to that. Some people realize like, oh, wow, I was... I was doing a lot of sort of small talk and spending time with these networking groups and things that, man, I wasn't getting real value from. I had a dream the other night. I was at a networking event. Oh. I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Like, I just told someone I go because they asked me. Oh, it was miserable. Oh, that, so let's let's expand on that, right? <laughs> so anytime we start doing things because other people want us to do them, mm. it makes us feel a different kind of isolated. Yeah. You may not feel socially isolated, but you, you might feel a type of loneliness when you aren't alone because yeah. you're with a crowd of people who have different expectations or are living up to some sort of societal norm. Mm-hmm. And I know this question is really about... about gift giving right and and so birthday gifts christmas gifts but here's what stood out to me in the question ryan we try being creative and finding meaningful options but in order to not become completely socially isolated it seems easier to comply that's because it is easier to comply yeah Mm -hmm. it's always easier to comply yeah but compliance is not meaningful right no it's not what that does is it you were saying you feel isolated Mm -hmm. and i think what what it what that truth is actually is that you get isolated from yourself Mm. your your actions are isolating you from yourself you become distanced from who you truly are and who you truly want to be whenever we just comply right right yeah and and so compliance when when you think about compliance like you will comply because you are forced to if the if a police officer pulls you over Mm -hmm. yeah turns the sirens on the the lights and 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 pulls you over it's in your best interest to comply i feel like comply is a usually a pejorative right yeah when do you ever use that in the positive sense it's almost either neutral or pejorative right and so i can think of a time where compliance is okay yes if i want to go order coffee at the blue bottle across the street i will put on my i'll comply with their with their rules sure put on my shoes my shirt and my mask right in order to 
to uh, to get the coffee I want to get. So I will comply with that. But yeah, I, I maybe I'm fine with it. I'm fine with wearing a shirt in there or a mask in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Prefer not to wear shoes, but that's a different story. <laughs> and and yet I will make sure I'm wearing shoes. I will comply with with their rules in order to get what I want. Or yeah. the alternative is to not get coffee. But I, I don't feel great about having to do something that doesn't align with the person I want to be. Now, if it was if it was something more egregious, if they were like, well, in, in fact, in order to come in here, you have to wear a motorcycle helmet and hop on one foot. Mm. I wouldn't comply. Right. And, and so, and some people would. You'd see a bunch of people hopping in there with their motorcycle helmets yeah. on. So you have a choice whether or not you want to meet the standards or the whatever it is, the expectations of this restaurant. And the same thing goes with your friends and family. And personally, I would not spend much time developing relationships with people who are going to socially isolate me because I don't want gifts. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, there was a past episode we were talking about like one of us is, is vaccinated, one of us isn't. We don't have to go into the details on that. Um, we have just different beliefs in general, right? And, and, and it's not that... I care whether or not I have I have the vaccine and you don't or vice versa. <laughs> well, one of us also has the antibodies and the other one didn't. Yes, <laughs> that, that, that's also true, right? And so um, it, the the thing to keep in mind here is even even if that wasn't the case, like I don't want to force my point of view onto you. I don't want to coerce you. I don't want to persuade you. Mm-hmm. These are all not these aren't forms of loving someone. Right. The coercion is never love. Mm-hmm. Persuasion is not love. Right. Convincing someone, and get, believe me, I get it. Yeah, I had this essay which we're going to cover on a future episode, but you can find it on our website right now. It's called "Off the Rack Self Righteousness," and it's really about how I spent the better part, uh, close to four decades, trying to convince people of my singularly right worldview. Mm. And if I was right, therefore everyone else must who didn't agree with my exact point must be wrong. Okay. And that inadvertently placed me on a pedestal. Mm. So well, I think sometimes what we're doing here, if someone's trying to convince you that you should want this gift or you should get them a gift or whatever it is, they're accidentally placing themselves on a pedestal. I know what is best societally. I know what's best for you. That's not true. Maybe you know what's best for you specifically, mm but you don't know what's best for me. And pretending that you do is a type of, of righteousness that I've let go of in the past year or so yeah. because, uh, well, it's not an outfit that I wear very well. Self-righteousness, that is. the answer over there? I do. So I think if we were to sum up the whole episode that we have here, uh, here's my pithy answer that you can tweet. By the way, during the lightning round, this is where we do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We answer, we we put the text of these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. My pithy answer today is instead of saying no to gifts, say yes to experiences. And if I were to rephrase that just slightly, quite often people will, will talk about uh, well, how do I say no to this gift? No, 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 and it's like, well, it's not really about saying no because our interactions with other people, I, I don't want to be the guy who's constantly saying no, 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 being the vice president of no. Yeah. I, I want to be able to say yes. So instead of saying no, uh, no, don't get me any gifts, what would add value to my life? Sure. If you're interested in getting me a gift, then let me say yes to something else. Maybe it's an experience. Maybe it's coffee. Maybe it's a gift card for ice cream cones. Yeah, or a donation in your name. Like yes. that's what we do with our family uh-huh. for you specifically. Right. You participate in our gift giving exchange. Right. Um, but you always ask for a donation. You know, to, to my favorite your charity. favorite charity. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, and if you don't have a favorite charity, you can go to givewell.org. They're the, some of the most effective charities in the world are over there. Or if we're working on some other project, you know, Ryan and I are constantly doing these sort of charitable things that we, we donate our own money, but it's a great way as well for them to contribute. They can give get they can give a gift in your name on on your in your behalf. So, if I want to give Ryan a birthday gift for his 41st birthday <laughs> this year, my second 39th birthday. Ah, uh, yes. His 39th second birthday. Day. No, my second 39th birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want to give you a hundred bucks, I can, and you're like, well, you know, just donate it to my favorite charity, which is like, you know, the Underpants Without Borders charity or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Underpants Without Borders. 
<laughs> whatever the whatever the charity i could do so but i could do so on behalf of ryan nicodemus yeah and then if you want it if it needs to be a physical gift because few people feel good about that you can you can print it out on really nice paper on a color sheet of paper and with the with the you can put a bow on it you can wrap it up in, a, in, in gift wrap however you want to do it mm. so they open it up and they oh yeah look you donated to my favorite charity i feel good about this i also got the physical representation of that along the way but last thing i want to say about this is instead of saying no it's really about saying yes to what adds value to you this will strengthen the bond between you and the connection between you and other people because i i also want to be cognizant of i understand that as one of the minimalists or as soon as you call yourself a minimalist people people can have a, a particular worldview about that you know they, they can judge it and say oh this person uh, is judging my lifestyle by the way they live their life yeah. and by being open to gifts saying yes to the the quote-unquote right kind of gifts the, the gifts that will add value to me instead of just saying no i don't want that it's a way to open up that person to a, a deeper understanding of minimalism as well yeah uh, my pithy answer is an oldie but a goodie going with the flow will lead you to the falls so if you're in a river you stay in that river long enough you're gonna end up going over the falls and that's that's literally metaphorically if you go with the flow you are in for a fall eventually yes so uh get out of the river while you can and the, the thing about your the the pithy answer you have there is it feels right to go with the flow for a while it's yeah. easy it's fun getting an inner tube it's yeah it's easy and and so <laughs> back to that question the the compliance is easy mm -hmm. but it's not simple simple is having the or and and having to go against the flow in order to get where you actually want to go yep if you just go with that flow long enough it's going to be easy but you're going to be in for a world of hurt eventually when you reach to those those rapids yeah All rebecca right. my pithy one it's the best gift is love and mm. ice cream <laughs> or coffee but you repeat yourself or coffee ice cream my favorite gifts <laughs> that people send us uh it's like uh people send us chocolate they'll send us coffee dude they that i got from ireland um I don't think you could eat it, so I ended up taking it. Uh -huh. But it was like some like spicy type mustard. Uh huh. But it's nice. it's some kind of consumable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. The <laughs> worst gifts that we get is when someone sends me a book because I already have so many books to read uh -huh. that I haven't read yet. Right. And then like now they're like, oh, I gave you this book, and like my first initial response is to be like, oh, well, shit, now I got to read this book. Yeah. There are about four people who could send me a book, and, yeah. I, and it would be like Chris Ryan, it's yeah. like Sam Harris, Rob Bell. You could give me a book, uh -huh. and that's that's about it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I, how rarely do I ever give you a book? Almost never. Right, exactly. Because I know you're inundated with books. We get books all the time. Mm -hmm. In fact, on the Maximal episode this week, this Thursday, I want to talk to you about some of the best gifts you've been given. Some examples there and also examples specifically of some of the worst gifts you've mm. been given some of the most thoughtless gifts you've been given yeah. we got a bunch more to talk about today but first ryan you got something for us here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners check them out hey guys i'm rachel long time listener first time caller i am calling to uh respond to something corey said on episode 176 the un-american dream he was calling to ask you uh, if you thought that buying a house would be his next step or should be his next step. Sounds like he follows the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, he said he paid off all his debt, and after he has an emergency fund saved, he feels like the expected next step would be to buy a home. Um, he also said that he wasn't sure if that was something he should be doing because he wasn't happy in his job. He didn't feel the need to put down roots where he was. And I want to speak to that because I did recently sell my home uh, due to something like this. My husband got his dream job and required us to move across the country, but we owned a home. Uh, luckily, we were able to sell the house in an acceptable amount of time for us to be able to afford to move, but that does not always happen and the markets can change suddenly. So that's something Corey really needs to take into account when he is thinking about buying a home and whether or not he's going to want to move. I also want to say that if you are renting and you are doing the Dave Ramsey steps, there is no reason why you can't start saving for a home in case you do move to somewhere amazing and you want to put down roots there. 
Hey, this is Helen from Carlsbad, California. I just wanted to make a comment about the podcast about health. You guys were talking about uh, sleeping patterns and figuring out your own sleep schedule. And there was something that I accidentally figured out a couple of years ago when I had evenings to myself all alone in my house. I had a lot of windows in the house, and I would just be doing my own thing and get distracted. The sun would go down, the lights would dim, and suddenly it was 9 o'clock, and the house was practically pitch black except for maybe one light that was pretty dim in the corner. And I realized by that time that I was very tired and I was ready for bed. And I was curious because before I was sitting up till maybe 11 o'clock, midnight, and I looked up to see what exactly this meant. And I learned that when we don't, are not surrounded by artificial lighting and we go outside maybe and we're outside all day, our energy goes with the sun. So as the sun sets, our energy slowly declines and our body gets ready to rest for the night. And so for those who are having trouble with sleeping or trying to figure out their pattern or whatever it may be, I highly suggest doing that to keep all the lights off except for maybe one or two that are really necessary and see if that helps. See if as the sun goes down, their body gets ready to sleep and they can have a good night's rest. All right, y'all. Thanks to Bex for joining us today. You can check out her lovely podcast. It's called How to Love. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you pod. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Or just head on over to howtolove.show for our segment right here, right now. Here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Now, I already mentioned Ryan and I, we've been working several years on this book. I'll hold it up if you're watching on YouTube. This is called Love People Use Things. This is an advanced copy of it. It's actually coming out in hardback in two weeks. If you pre-order the book, we're doing a special tour stop. It's a live event online. In your living room. In your living The minimalists are coming to a living room near you. <laughs> We're going to have some special guests. I don't want to reveal them just yet, but by the time you go to the website, just go to theminimalists.com slash tour. You'll find the link, and you get to attend that for free if you so – there's no money. There's no ticket. There's no ticket sales. Yeah. All you have to do – Support us. Pre-order our book. Yeah, check out the book. Yeah. Uh, and you can just go to lovepeopleusethings.net to pre-order the book or wherever you pre-order books. In fact, there are some great indie bookshops near you. You can pre-order it at your indie bookshop. All you have to do is submit a receipt. You can attend this live event. If you can't watch the event live, don't worry. It'll be up for several days after the event airs. We're going to do a live stream. We're going to do a Q&A. We're going to have special guests in studio. And by then, we'll also have, well, we'll have a different set design here as well. So you'll get to see that. Uh, we're going to broadcast live from Hollywood, and it will be your opportunity to interact with us, to answer questions, to talk about the book. Finally, it's going to be out there in the world. If you want a sample of the book, we have this essay here. It's called Love Is More. If you go to theminimalists.com slash loveismore, there is an essay that you can read. It's just an excerpt from the book. It talks about how we have a love language problem. You love your husband, but you also love burritos. You love your best friend, but you also love the new Matt Carney album, which, by the way, is a really great album. It's good. If you have a, it's called January Flower, if you want to check out Matt Carney's new album. Uh, you love your daughter, but you also love the various colors of flowers in your neighborhood. One lo love involves bottomless devotion birthed from deep affection. The other, a preference or fondness for something enjoyable. And then it goes on to talk about better, a better understanding of love. And that's from the people chapter of Love People use things. You can find that excerpt for free over at theminimalists.com slash love is more. For our added value segment this week, a little birthday music here. Speaking of love, To Love Forever is a song by William Fitzsimmons, one of Ryan's and my favorite singer-songwriters. We <laughs> saw him in Dayton years ago. That like little bar. Yeah, the Canal Street Tavern. Sean, is that still open? I think they may have closed that spot. I think it might be. And, we, and it was really late. I mean, it must have been <laughs> 2 a.m. by the time he got on stage. It was crazy. It was he, a really lovely concert. It was funny, though. He started off with like, all right, are you all ready to be sad? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but you know what, uh, what I remember from that concert, too? I forget what project it was, but essentially he was encouraging people like after the show to go and get their photo taken of like the biggest flaw that they have 
on their body. Do you remember this? I don't. Wow. Yeah. And like it was a, I wish I could remember the name of the project. I probably shouldn't have brought it up because I don't even know where to link to it. But it was just an amazing concept of like, and then, and that just speaks to William Fitzsimmons, how, you know, he wants you to embrace the sadness. He wants you to embrace who you are. Yeah. And in a way that actually can uh, help you have a deeper appreciation for humanity. Our scars make up the best parts of us yeah. in a way. Yeah. So enjoy this song from William Fitzsimmons. It's called To Love Forever. It's from his new album, which is out now. The album is called Ready the Astronaut. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week. Like, is it fair to deny people the joy they get from giving gifts? How does one draw the line between living in the moment during celebrations with loved ones versus wanting to take photos to capture memories of those moments? Plus a million more questions for Bex and the Minimalists. And if you want to hear all that, join us on the Minimalist Private Podcast this week. Visit theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe and get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You can also find a tour of our new studio over there. That keeps our podcast 100% advertisement-free. Plus, you get access to all of the archives, hundreds if not thousands of hours of minimalism. Patreon.com slash The Minimalist or TheMinimalist.com slash support. Either one will take you over there. You can follow The Minimalist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalist. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit TheMinimalist.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at TheMinimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at YouTube.com slash The Minimalist. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at the minimalists.com you'll also receive any new minimalist essays that we publish for free and if you leave here today with just one message let it be this love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time Try to